You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. I love movies that uh, that, that kind of have like a like truth to them, like, like the ones that start and say, based on real, real events kind of yes, thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was, uh, you know, I know I haven't watched 1917 yet, but I want to watch oh. it. Or 1911, 1917? No, 1917. I want to uh, watch World it. It's really War, like I, good. I have heard phenomenal things about that Yeah, I want to check it out. Um, and just, like, the cinematography, the, the storyline, all of it I've heard was fantastic. So good, so good. Well, so this last week, because we were already in, like, you know, kind of self-quarantine or whatever, we decided to uh, to watch Cinderella Man. Have you ever seen that, seen that movie? I have not seen Cinderella okay, Man. Okay, so Cinderella Man is based on James Braddock, who was... Uh, he he was a boxer and he was a boxer right. before the Great Depression and then the Great Depression hit. He lost everything. Right. Eventually turns around to become like the heavyweight champion of the world. But I love this movie because it shows little little glimpses of that time. Now very, very little glimpses. I don't know what it's like to lose everything, but you know, they're they're tearing apart signs to to, to uh to make fires and um you know, they're having like cake for like all the kids in the communities that are all getting a slice of chocolate cake or something you know all all their birthdays are like together because they can all afford one one cake, cake. and so and you know the, the mom's like you know the, the, the kid's like mom can i have some more milk and you know basically like, she's like she puts it under the sink and you know becomes white white water you know yeah. just a little bit and so you know the, the father goes without eating and there was this moment where where his son had stolen this piece of like salami oh. and and he and he you know, uh, James brings back with his son to the to the to like the like the butcher and hands it in. And his son came in and he's like, "Like, why did you steal? You know, we we are better than this. We don't do this stuff." He said, "So and so had to go live with his family somewhere else." And James said, "I will not let you go." He goes, "I've got you." Oh. Well, one day he comes home from the docks or working or whatever, and his wife had brought the kids to his family's house to all over the place, like just separated them right, out. Right. Right. And he loses it. Now here's it. He's at this moment where, where where he he's trying to decide: do he, does he go back to being a boxer because his wife does not want him to? He's broken his hand many times. You know, he's he's at the point of like this is not going to be good for me. But um, but this fight comes up to where he ends up having the ability to fight the 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 heavyweight champion of the world. And this guy's like. Box people to the point of yeah, death. Yeah, he's killed them. Right? Like he actually knocked their spinal cords out. Like these are this is the guy's name was Max Bear. This is all based on truth, which is a great great name yeah, by the way. Exactly. If you're gonna have a name for a boxer, Max, Max Bear, Bear, Bear is kind of the perfect name. Kind of cool. Like I would be like like Pretty Flower. That'd exactly. be my name if I was a boxer. I'd be like, ah, hey, how's it going? Can I make you laugh? Yeah, exactly. Let me sing you a yes. song in the boxing ring. So, mine'd be like one who runs around in the square. You know, <laughs> that's your Indian name. Indian one, name. Who, one who runs around in the square. But so, so this guy was scary, but I love it because I saw this quote because I didn't know how true that was. You know, and he was his fear caused him to want to fight this this guy, and he he ends up becoming a heavyweight champion in the world. But I love it because I was doing some research at this point to say, is this real? Because sometimes he's based on truth or so. So limited based on truth. But it said in, I saw this one article, it said the trauma of Braddock's breadline experiences. So standing in those, those breadlines waiting for food gave him the hunger necessary to push through his, his injuries. Spurred on by a terrible fear of a return to poverty, he said in the fight with Bear, whether it goes one round, three rounds, or ten rounds, it will be a fight and a fight all the way. 
when you've been what when you've been through what I've had to face in the last two years, a Max Bear or a Bengal Tiger looks like a house pet. He might come at me with a cannon and a blackjack, and he would still be a picnic compared to what I've had to face. Mm. Bear, who barely trained for the fight because he didn't think this guy was going to even be like a contender, lost by unanimous decision to Braddock in Madison Square Garden in June 1935. Spoiler alert! Thank you. Exactly. Again, it's like watching a Titanic. So, <laughs> wait, but the boat sinks. Is this going to go down? Is this going to go down? Near, far. What, what, wasn't that really sung on the Titanic? I think it was. I think Wherever it was. You are. Based on truth. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I just came to realize that fear used positively can be a powerful motivator to recreate us to who we are truly meant to be. So fear can be a factor. Interesting. Use. And as we sit in this moment of unrest and fear, you know, you look to the scriptures and you kind of say, what are some good ones? And honestly, one that came to mind was Daniel 6. Really? Daniel in the lion's den. Not often. Okay, go for it. So I was thinking about this Daniel in the lion's den thing. And, you know, if you don't know the story, just to give you a quick, a quick story, you know, Daniel at this point was probably like 80 years old. Right. You know, he had been torn away from his family as a kid. Right. Given, so so Daniel was a part of the exile. Yep. He was a part of the ruling class, and he probably had, um, uh, well, it said that he, he was very fair, he was attractive, um, and he was well-connected. And um, so He the, was it, like us. Yeah, exactly. He was extremely attractive. Would, yeah, yeah. You know, when you think of uh, Daniel, think of Bill and Travis. Exactly. No. <laughs> Do not insult him <laughs> like that. But so what happens is the Israelite nations, they are um, overtaken by the Babylonians. And some of the, um, so what the Babylonians, Babylonians would do is they would take over a country. They would invade a country. They would take the influential people, bring them back to Babylonia, and they would incorporate them into the culture. And so yeah. their job was to convince them to become a part of the Babylonian culture. And if they could get the influencers and the movers and shakers to do that, then the rest yeah. of the people they think would follow. Well, Daniel and his buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will have none of it because they are followers of, of Yahweh yeah, yeah, at yeah. that time. And so the, the, the whole story of Daniel starts off with this very simple test of what food are you going to eat? And so the king of Babylon is like, feed them the best of the best that we have to offer. Convince them. If you get their bellies, you get their minds. And if you get their minds, you get their people yep. kind of thought. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel are like, no. You feed us just vegetables for the next week, yeah. and let's see who's better off. Yep, us or the people that are getting the the the, the prime meat yeah. and the prime food from the king's table. Yeah. And uh, they they took the stand, and a week later, God had uh, done some miraculous works. That's pretty cool. And so He started to rise in prominence within the Babylonian culture, not because He was succumbing to that culture, but because He was standing out, and God was working through Him. So fast forward, He's in a position of power now. Yep. And um, something goes awry, and the king had made an edict because he listened to the wrong advisors. Yeah. And it was basically like, if um, anyone worships any other god than me, the king, they shall be put to death. Right? Yep. Isn't that? Yep. Yeah, so these guys didn't like Daniel because the king was like, hey, you're going to, I like this guy. I'm going to make him my second in command, essentially, over all you guys. So they immediately hated him. But the only way that they could get him is on his own belief in God. They were like, the only way that we can trap him is with this God that he serves. So they said, hey, you can't. So, so they, they, they talked up to King. King, you're awesome. We love you. In fact, everyone should just worship you. Hey, that sounds pretty good. You know, no, right. one, you know, no one likes to be talked bad. Feeding against. the ego, feeding the yes. pride, you know. Yes. And Daniel, I, I guarantee Daniel had these moments of fear and these gut check moments of like, it would be much easier for me to compromise on this yeah. one point yeah. so I can keep my position of power because look at all the people I can help with yeah. my position of power if I just make this little compromise mm -hmm. or I stand on the principles that I have in my gut 
And if even if that costs my life, I will not compromise on that principle, well, that's which it. is really a choice that all of us have every single day yeah. of our lives. Yeah. In a very small micro way, he has it on this very macro stage that yeah. is, is recorded for us in Scripture. Yeah. And so he makes the decision. He says, no, I'm not going to um, worship that king. I'm going to, in my room, bow and face my, my God, Yahweh, Jerusalem, yep. and I'm going to pray to that God. They catch him, yeah, and then... The trap has been sprung. Well, that's it. And even in that, and, and ju- just to think about this, like in the, in the midst of him hearing this, it says upon immediately hearing it, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house and he opened his windows. So he didn't have to open his windows. He made a public declaration to say, no, uh, this, I've seen enough in my life to know that God's real and he's for me. And if, if this is my time, it's my time. But he opened the windows and he did it. And he said he did it three times a day. And so indicating that it wasn't just he did it. He didn't, didn't just do it once and they caught him. It's He kept doing it. Right. And he was like, I don't care what you guys say. God is in charge of this. So he didn't live in a spirit of fear, which I loved. And then just like you said, they, they caught him. These these guys, these governors who, who didn't like him, caught him, brought it in front of the king and said, hey, listen, your, your, your decree said this. So now you've got to kill him. Oh. Well, the king found all day to try and he spent that day trying to stop stop this from happening he's like i can't get around this right and so eventually they throw him into the lion's pit dun, 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 dun. which is so interesting so 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 here it is i love it because and the lions if, if you like to know one was named max one was named bear <laughs> and one was named buttercup i don't know whether it's the third so one was weird, named buttercup so but but yeah just odd how that happens no i'm just kidding oh that's not gosh, that's yeah. not in scripture but 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 i think about this in the moment of Daniel. And so here he is. He's about 80 years old, according to some to some research at this point, uh, you know, because you get all over the place. But he, let's say he's about 80 years old. Right. And he's, I can just imagine this guy getting lowered into this pit, you know, by like a rope sliding down there, you know, sliding down the side of this dirt, this dirt path in there into this cold, dark cave. And you just sit there and all of a sudden the rope goes back up and <laughs> This 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 thing gets, you know, the giant boulder gets put over in the king's seal. Oh. And the king is like distraught he's distraught he, he didn't sleep all night you know it even indicates that there were no diversions even like women couldn't divert him from feeling this way so he didn't anything he didn't do anything that night he was just worried didn't sleep at all worried about daniel and then i love it because because as i'm sitting here the character of daniel compelled that relationship to be what it was yeah abs- exactly you know? like he had such respect for daniel right but i love it so i'm gonna come back to the to the actual pit in a minute but but i love that the next day they, so the the king didn't didn't sleep all night. Runs he runs back in to, to you know you know back to this cave and he comes and says, you know Daniel Daniel he said you know you know uh, you know has your God been able to deliver you from the from 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 all these lions? And Daniel's like, oh king, live forever. Almost I feel like kind of like king, live forever. You're good. Like I got this. Like this is fine. He said my God did this. And don't Go miss this. Like like. Daniel could have been resentful. Yeah. Daniel could have been bitter. Daniel could have been mad that this situation had been thrust on him. Yeah. And he could have taken it all out on the king because it was the king's fault that he was put into this yes, situation. Exactly. And yet, again, his character yeah. was one that, that when he sees the king after this night in the pit, he's like, dude, this isn't you. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like just... How does someone get to that point? Like, I want to yeah. be that guy. I want to be yeah. that guy that even if someone were to sentence me to death, yeah. at the end of the day, I would look at him and say, yeah, forgive him. Exactly. He doesn't know what he's doing. His, his own accuser was there, and he was like, wow. Like, I mean, that, that's what I love to have that much resolve. And so, again, he, you know, he's okay. And I, and I love this part as I'm sitting here looking at this, 
that, um, you know, the king was basically, he, that says in verse 23, the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no, no kind of harm was found in him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, and their wives. And listen to this. This is how many lions were in there. So, so let's even say that not all the, the these guys were called satraps. So they were like governors. There were 120 of them. So I, I don't think all of them were in on this. Usually something like this takes a small group of people to cause Correct. or it'll get back to them. So let's just say 10 of them were involved. So let's, for the sake of argument, say that there were 30 people. If, if it's the idea that like, and that's a, probably a small number. Um, the guy, you know, the guy who, who did it, his wife and at least one of it, you know, his kids, if not, they had children or whatever. It said their children and their wives. So let's just say conservatively 30 people were thrown into here. It says, and before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Golly. Which means in, in all reality is they were throwing them in there. I don't think they waited minutes to throw them out in there. I think they threw them all in there, which means there were probably 30 to 50 lions right. in there. So, so going back to the night before, we're sitting here, and Daniel is facing his fear, sledding down on this rope. I'm just picturing this in myself, and here he is against this cold, dark ground, and there's, there's you know, as he looks off, and there's these different caves in there, you know, because as they go back into their, their little dwellings, right? Um, I could just imagine it being quiet at first, just just quiet. And then all of a sudden you see these like eyes come out of the darkness. Two and then six and then 12, you know, 20 sets of eyes peering off at him. And you hear those like, <laughs> and then like a, just those little pats of them walking by like, right. And it starts to get closer. And all of a sudden one of them comes up, you know, out of like the dark Walks towards him, just kind of the alpha lion. Yep, just, just kind of walking in, and he comes up to Daniel. And you know, hey, you've seen the movie Sandlot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> remember when Smalls catches the beast? You know, you know the beast yeah, is yeah. catches him, and he's just kind of like, 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 kind of like harnessing, like, kind of like harnessing back and bracing eyes, for yeah, bracing what's about for to what's happen. happen. And all of a sudden, <laughs> this lick comes up from like the beast. <laughs> I just picture that happening to Daniel with this lion. That that he's kind of braced back, going, "Okay, God, if this is the time, it's my time." In he Daniel, as I noticed that Daniel wasn't afraid of the lion, at anything. If anything that I see he might have been afraid of, which I don't I don't want to cast that Daniel was even afraid because there's nothing even said wrong about Daniel in the scripture. But even I'm reading this and I'm getting anxious and I'm going, it's the what ifs. Right. Yeah. And today we are in a society of the what ifs like, OK, this this pandemic is here and uh, but what if like and, and even if at this point when we post this, which I don't think it'll be over, but at this point when we post it and it's gone, it's for us to remember that during the what ifs we need to trust God. Because because I picture this happening with Daniel as, as he gets that first lick and then then another lion walks up and, you know, you know, his apprehension goes down. OK, maybe I'm not going to be animal fodder tonight. Maybe I'm going to be OK. And all of a sudden, you know, the cat this cat makes a little circle and then pats down next to him and his, his warm body presses against Daniel and all of a sudden oh. that giant lion's tail flips over on his leg. <laughs> and then another one comes over here and does the same thing and rests his head on Daniel's lap and Daniel's able to pet a, a lion's mane. Like, wow, this I never knew what this felt like. Right. And all of a sudden, out of there, these, these little pats come walking up and it's these two little cubs and they walk up and they jump on his lap and they're playing around and around and they just curl up in his legs. And Daniel has a great night's sleep. As he trusted God, 
with the complete unknown. Yes, he could have been destroyed. Hebrews 11 talks about this, about the Hall of Fame of Faith and how we sit in his Hall of Fame of Faith where you see all these people who have done great things. And then later on in the verse it says, and some went around in, in, in sheep skins and, you know, in goat skins and they were beheaded and sawn in half and their numbers were, were, were beyond the glorious ones, but they weren't even worthy. They, 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 the world was not worthy to know them. The world was not worthy to understand how amazing they were to God. So, yes, do bad things happen? Are bad things going to happen? Are people going to die? Absolutely. It's the what ifs in that, that we you need to go, God, am I going to trust you during the what ifs? Right. Am I going to trust you during that? Because as I'm watching Daniel, you know, stare at these lions, as I can, I can picture that, the what ifs, the apprehensions that came up to go, are they going to devour me? Are they not? I don't see a guy who, who didn't say, God, I trust you. I don't know what you're going to do with me, but I trust you. And at this moment, at this moment in my life, I'm choosing to say, God, I don't know what the what ifs say, but I know that your word is true. I know that you're for me. I've seen you work in the past. There's no reason that you wouldn't work now. That doesn't mean you're going to always protect me, but that means that if I am gone from here, I am truly present with you. So the next moment I get to see you face to face. And isn't that what Paul talks about when he talks about this whole idea of like, um, to, for me to die is gain, but so that I could continue to minister to his church, he's allowed yes. me to stay. And I think that you see that in the uh, the, the, the life and the actions of, of Daniel. And I think that's the encouragement that we need to have from the scripture. Because at the end of the day, if we have been baptized and if we have proclaimed the, the salvation of Christ and confessed yeah. him as our Lord and Saviors, yeah. this is the worst it's ever going to get for us. Like, even if we are to pass on to the next we get eternity with him in paradise. Yeah. Like we get to experience the resurrection and the new earth and the new us with flesh in perfection. Yeah. Doing what God created us to do from the very beginning of time for eternity. There, like that's the win. And yeah. that's the thing that needs to compel us and draw us forward as we step into the lion's den. And as we're called to serve our neighbors in some creative and somewhat dangerous ways yeah. to sit down and say, you know what? Even if this goes horribly wrong for me, and even if this goes horribly wrong for my parents who are elderly, even if this goes horribly wrong for my kids, because of Christ and what he did for me on yeah, the cross, yeah. I have the hope of the resurrection. Yeah. And even if the lines tear me apart, I get Jesus. Yeah. Like, I get him yeah. forever. And that yeah. is, that is the, that's the win. That is the win. And so we don't have a spirit of fear. We can have a spirit of boldness to yeah. say, where are the lines in our culture? Let yeah. me walk into that. Absolutely. And see what God and his spirit might do. That's exactly. And that's the hardest, you know, so, so you know, we, we're kind of kind of playing on words. Either we're, we're lying in fear or we become a lion in fear. Wait, say that again. That so, was really good. So we're either lying in fear or we become a lion in fear. Right. So this opportunity, you know, uh, fear is a constant. We've talked about it before. Fear is a constant. We either live in it or we learn to walk through it. Right. In the midst of this, we need to have the boldness to walk through what we know. God's word is true. He's for us. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. He sees us as a masterpiece. He doesn't look at us and go, man, because of the things that you've done wrong. <laughs> he says, no, because of the blood of Jesus and how I've redeemed you, the crap that you still do and the crap that you have done does not disqualify you from the fact that you are loved and you are redeemed. Yes, you are a broken mess without me, but with me, you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you are a masterpiece. Right. Go be that to all those around us. Because I love this because cause here, here's, here's my thing that I love at the end of this. You know, um, you know, I read this one quote, Chuck Swindoll. He says, you know, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react. And right, right now, you know, in the midst of us purchasing toilet paper 
and hand sanitizer. How are we reacting? I'm not right. trying to cast the judgment on Bill, but I'm going, how are we reacting? Are we reacting in a spirit of fear? Are we walking in a spirit of boldness to go, no, God, I'm not going to let this dictate it. You know, uh, Joshua 1.9, he says, you know, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Right. That applies to us today. That applies to us right now. God is with us right now in the midst of this, in your anxiety that we need to cast on him. That's what the scripture said in Philippians 4, to cast our anxieties on him because he cares for us. To then say, God, I'm not going to live in the spirit of fear. I don't have to. That is not my DNA more as a child of God. Fear does not have to become me. Right. So, so well, well, and I, and I want to go into the, the story of the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, Roman leader who comes to Jesus and is like he's wrapped in fear because his son is dying. Yeah, and, and Jesus is has this weird, interesting conversation with him. And at the end of it, the the Roman soldier goes, "Help me in my unbelief." Yeah, and I think God honors that like He did with them. And so for some of us, we may be sitting here going, "Yeah, I, I want that," but man, I just don't know. And and to have that honest prayer of like God. Help me in my unbelief. Yes. Help me in my fear. Yes. He isn't going to turn from you and go, oh, you foolish person. He's yeah. going to go, that's what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for that brief moment of honesty with me so that I can break through in some miraculous ways. Absolutely. And so, you know, it, wherever you are on the spectrum of fear and faith right now, yeah. realize being honest with God and, and saying, God, help me with my unbelief. Help me with my fear of the unknown. Help yeah. me with the anxiety yep. that is keeping me up at night. I would love to sleep with the lambs, but I find myself wide awake at 2 a.m. God says, I rejoice in that and mm. know that I am close to the brokenhearted like yeah, I am close yeah. to you today. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, as I, as I read this here, as I read this, I want to close with a couple things. It's been interesting. You know, after after all this happened and after Daniel continued to step out in the what ifs, whatever happens, God, I'm going to trust you with this. Uh, and after all these guys, would they that they were destroyed. It's amazing. In verse 25, it said, Then King Darius, the leader of this world right now, wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth he who has saved daniel from the power of the lions so darius so daniel prospered during the reign of darius the reign of cyrus in reign of cyrus the the uh, the persian and so the whole idea is one guy changed the world because he trusted god in the what ifs yeah this is our opportunity followers of christ this is our opportunity to have those what ifs and so and, and the, 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 the crazy legacy part of this story is that um, some theologians have uh, speculated that Daniel and his time in Babylonian, he established possibly a uh, school um, that was learned because Daniel cool. was known to uh, be able to interpret dreams. That's mm -hmm. kind of what earned him the favor originally with Nicodemus, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yep. first king. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, thank you Sorry. very much. No, we no, 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 I appreciate that. talking about the chosen before Nicodemus. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, he... he he, he, so there's a good chance that in his power of position, he was able to instill into them some of the old prophecies yeah. in the Old Testament, the Messiah to come. And so huh. he had established a school that taught people how to look for the coming Messiah. That's and so cool. the theologians have, have theorized that the, the Magi that came from the East, which was Babylonia, were actually from the school that Daniel established that allowed them to look for the signs in heaven, that as they saw the signs of the stars unfold the way that they did, huh. they knew 
the Messiah had come and his name was Jesus. And so they knew to set out on the camels to ride to Jerusalem to seek where he was born and to end up in in Bethlehem to worship him with gold, incense, that's and myrrh. That's cool. I never heard that before. And so that's one of those, again, it's not... Yep. Um, I understand. There's a possibility that yeah. that's there. Based but on again, actual events. In the story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the legacy of of being one who um, who is able to trust in the face of fear yeah. can have far-reaching generational impacts for Absolutely. you, your family, and even beyond. Well, that's it. And so, so now I'm coming back to like three things that we can do in our in our legacy with our family in this moment of fear. And the first one is just to prepare, to prepare ourselves. Do we, you know, do we know Jesus as our Savior? If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, we'd love to talk to you about it. We'd love to share the hope that Jesus has to change us and change our children, change change our lives. So putting our hope in Christ first is the first thing that we can do to walk in boldness, to prepare ourselves for any moment of fear, right. any moment. The second one is to pray. Uh, you know, it's like you said, God has not given us a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. Cast our anxieties on him. Pray. Be exactly. honest with him. Talk to him. And then pray for your pray for your, your impact. God, what do you want me to do right now? Because we've all been called to do something as children of God, and it's not sit around and wait. Right. When, 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 I, when I mean that, God, may be, you may be waiting on a word from God to do something for you, but in the same time, there are things that we are commanded to do, and we are to love our neighbors. We are to, we you know, we are, we are to visit the, the 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 widows and the orphans in their affliction. We are to take care of those. So there are things that we have ca- been called to do. So do the things you know to do. Pray in the midst of that, and then finally project. Be hope to a hopeless world. Are you? Is every post that you post on 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 social media life giving? Right. And I'm not saying false. I'm saying life giving. Does it speak truth? Is there wisdom with it? Does it help people? Is it done through a spirit of fear or a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of peace? So know that when you're doing this, we have one opportunity in our life to either speak life or death in every single moment. Choose to speak life to your kids, to your spouse first so that 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 infects everybody around you. Love it. Love it. Great words, Bill. Very good words. I appreciate your input, man. It's good. So check us out on uh, social media. Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Known Legacy and Facebook page, Known Legacy Ministries. For questions, comments, or concerns, email info, us at info at knownlegacy.org. Yes, it is. And uh, we, uh, we're going to be here until the very end. <laughs> Whether that's next week or <laughs> next 20 years. So we're thankful for you guys. Thanks for watching. Share this with your friends. Uh, uh, keep checking us out and uh, let us know how we can, uh, we can support you guys. Yeah. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.